Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And today we'll be doing a short first impressions of a game that only I played, actually, called Carrion. This is the reverse horror game where you play as the monster in the alien film or any alien film, except instead of being that bug thing, you are tentacles and teeth. That bug thing? Yeah, the bug thing that like rips out of the lady's chest. Yeah, like the chest burst. That's a bug to you? You I haven't even watched this movie. How how do I... (laughs) I'm just just interested in that it's like a a bug. (laughs) Well, so full disclosure, I actually spent a lot of time listening to the aliens lore for some unrelated reason to this game. And a lot of the colonial marines call the alien xenomorphs quote-unquote bugs. Oh. Funny side note, huh. completely unrelated, but uh, yeah. Do they do that in in Aliens in the film? Because I don't I don't remember that. It might not be in the Aliens film. It but was like something it's definitely later? in the comics. Oh, it gives me okay. Starship Trooper vibes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I would not have thought of them as bugs, but okay, this makes yeah. sense now in context. Um, <laughs> continue. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So. Carrion is a game that was released uh, summer of 2020 for those who are maybe listening to this a little later. But Hello, future people. Yes. Hello from the past. Woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please. I hope that 2020 got better. Yeah. Or no, 2021 is better. Or 2022. Any... Whenever you're listening, I hope Does it's Does anybody have any wood now. to knock on? Because why did you say that out loud? No. Uh, uh, well, now, if now the if just... the alien archaeologists are listening, um, hi. This is how we died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Carrion's a reverse horror Metroidvania is how they pitch it, and so what's kind of packed into that is that you'll you start off as a wee little tiny tentacle monster that is just so cute and small and has to go kill all the humans to get more biomass to get bigger but i'm disturbed by the fact that you think anything that can be described as a tentacle monster could be cute ah uh, well you haven't seen enough hentai obviously uh, no you would be correct about that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which i don't see as a bad thing but anyway carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that went to awkward town real quick uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all the way right downtown Yeah. So the interesting thing about Carrion is it is in the same vein as a Metroidvania, except instead of like in Metroid where you collect strictly better guns and abilities, the developers actually took a few key pieces out, which seemed to be very intentional. The first and foremost that I noticed was that Carrion does not have a map. And if you've ever played Metroid or Castlevania Symphony of the Night, you know how important a map is in those games because you get lost like instantly. Like my wife playing Minecraft lost. (laughs) Um, For those that don't know, my, my wife actually can get lost in Minecraft shockingly quickly. Can confirm. Yeah. It's, (laughs) Basically, you have to tie a rope around her waist. 
Oh, yeah, she's not even here to defend herself. Oh, she would freely admit it. Like she gets motion sickness horribly, and Minecraft did not help. I'm also teasing her for that, but I can't even say how many times you've had to bail me out of a cave somewhere, so it's really not <laughs> fair, fair for me to criticize her. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I mean... Gets wor- she gets lost faster than Tom does, which is yeah, that's... no small feat. <laughs> yes. I mean, I get turned around in corridors and shit, so yeah, I really shouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty much the same with Carrion, to be honest. Like... It doesn't have a 3D element like Minecraft would, per se, but you can absolutely find yourself going in circles super fast because the game is a Metroidvania. For those that don't know, it's the concept that you're exploring this large, rich world that has all of these cool little things, but there's always that map that you can open up and kind of look at to see where you are or what progress you're making. Carrion does not have that, which fits very well thematically, because what would an alien do with a map? Yes, this alien can flip switches and steal power from power junctions, which is kind of weird, to be honest. Uh, But (laughs) it doesn't have that map. Like, you have to make it internally, which I think was a very bold move on the developer's part. Yeah. For context, this game was actually produced by Phobia Game Studios and published by Devolver Digital, which is an indie publisher that has a very good track record of releasing very well-polished 2D-style games. For those that haven't played, like, Enter the Gungeon or Luftrosers, which is... A very simple game, but yeah, I'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, they're they're very good about making a very well-polished game, and Carrion is no exception to be very polished. Because at the very beginning, you're just like one, two little tentacles that reach out and grab and move forward. So you're literally like a pile of snakes. <laughs> or just a pile Sounds... of tentacles with mouth, mouths. Either option is nightmarish, but carry on. <laughs> yeah yeah and the way you gain biomass is eating people because delicious humanity yeah and it is kind of interesting the weird dynamic that the phobia studio or game studio put into it because the monster in it you're supposed to feel like super powerful you're the ominous xenomorph trying to get your way out of this bio lab right but unlike in the alien movie where they have limited ways of fighting the xenomorph these are all humans that at minimum if they are armed are armed with pistols that can quickly shave off all of your health and put you to the last spawn point or are equipped with something heavier like a flamer or Hmm. an automatic rifle so you aren't actually that powerful in this game, which is kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You're the monster, but you're not the strong monster. Like, yeah, towards the end, um, you do get your third level of biomass where you basically have enough health to tank their giant mechs with Gatling guns. But even then, you're still pretty vulnerable to it. So, and, oh, go sorry. ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, so so you're not a very strong monster because humans can fight back against you. So then, does that mean then that the gameplay is oriented less towards just face-rolling things, but more towards, you know, approaching different rooms from different angles, like utilizing the environment to try and take out humans so that they can't shoot you? Like, is, there, is it more... Uh, I don't necessarily want to say puzzle-oriented, but then do you play then as a, a more, you know, canny, a more clever creature so instead of playing as like the giant tank beast monster that can just roll through hundreds of gunshots you are more of an ambush predator in this oh, game i like that yeah <laughs> that's that's great i like that a lot yeah it's that's more scary yes yeah. it is and uh, hilariously they included a number of uh, humans in the game that just are spending most of their time on a toilet so yeah, yay for that phobia coming back oh god <laughs> the jurassic but park scene all over again exactly exactly like that um, nom, nom, nom. yeah and kind of the other interesting thing that i found about this game was that you are playing as this monster and generally in metroidvanias you're getting bigger and more powerful strictly right you start off with a little pea shooter, but then you get your ice shot, which allows you to progress further. And you will still use your regular gun, but not nearly as much as the other guns that you'll find. Like you just will stop using the early guns because you don't need them anymore. Phobia Game Studio did something different with this. They made it so even your smallest form is still relevant in the game. Hmm. So can you still take, the small form once you're larger is that what i'm hearing yeah so you'll be able to kind of shed biomass into like special pools oh interesting so you'll kind of like leave a fleshy egg there that you can come back and consume later <laughs> which is kind of terrifying now that i say that out loud but <laughs> yeah a lot of this is actually but uh yeah <laughs> that's what makes yeah. it interesting <laughs> yeah except you're on the terror side of it but still yeah so that's kind of the uh, other mechanic that makes this really interesting because you end up in these puzzling situations where you're like oh i'm this big bad monster and i want to go wreck shit but there's this laser gate that prevents me from going past because when i trip the laser i it closes the gate i gotta go reset it and so you'll have to end up dumping some of your mass to get to the smaller form where you can end up like cloaking and sneaking hmm. through the laser Mm. that's interesting interesting okay. it was a very when i played it it was a very interesting playthrough because yes you are going around killing monsters but they you mean people they, right well yeah they're monsters because of different reasons uh, <laughs> <Okay>. monstrous people <laughs> got it got it got um it. as as like i was playing through it the the people you kind of don't get any explicit story because you don't really get any of the like dialogue that you would normally get from like being an, a human hunted by aliens or whatever like normal story they just don't have any voice acting in it you are the monster so even if the humans are talking about something you don't understand it hmm. and yeah and i thought that was kind of interesting cuz you can like read the scrolling 
bars by it, but that doesn't really play as anything more than a hint system. Hmm. So you'll so, see like a display that says um, all personnel go to such and such location or the, the status of a given location. So you can say, oh yeah, I got everything out of that level, so to speak. So are you mostly picking up the storyline based on smaller context clues then? Yeah. That's interesting. That is a very difficult feat to pull off as a developer, particularly with a pixel art game like this one is. Yeah, it's very... They do it very well, too. Because throughout the game, um, you'll have these little interludes where you play as just a scientist. The first interlude is you going down and finding one of the biomasses and by that point in the game you've probably shed your biomass maybe once but this biomass looks slightly different than the ones that you typically leave and right as the scientists because it's you and like four other people as soon as you find it the interlude ends and you go back to the game and a little bit later in the game they give another interlude where you just wake up and they kind of rhyme with the way the game played before, because by that time you've already encountered one of the flying drones where they just wreck your shit, like, immediately. And as a human, you're like, oh, shit, there's no way that I'll be able to do that. But, yeah, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself on that interlude. So when you wake up as the scientist in the second interlude, you wake up and you see... The other two, like you see one of the other two scientists that you went down with is dead, like ripped in half. Now, that would be more traumatizing if uh, you haven't been doing that to humans the entire (laughs) game. But yeah, they did include that little detail. You were going to say something, Devin. Oh, no, I was I was just I was just like I was just going to say like, oh, but that's not scary because you've been doing that the whole time as the monster. (laughs) But she said it already. So no worries. Yeah. Yeah, but that, uh, that you but, get desensitized to it. So, but, like, yeah, but this guy, the it. scientist man, probably doesn't feel very good about seeing his buddy ripped in half. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't react for some reason. Uh, creepy. Yeah, and because he's and that, the bad guy. Oh, now but, you're sorry, just spoiling dude. things, and you are oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like in the Seneca interlude, um, they introduce you to or they kind of rhyme with what you've seen before in the game itself, where they have the flying drone and you have to go through a puzzle with them to figure everything out to get mm-hmm. to the end of the interlude. Hmm. And then I think that's, there's only two interludes if memory serves. And at the end of that interlude, um, you make your way up to the surface to a helicopter and, Interestingly, they hint at another enemy that you see later in the game, which is a flying drone. At first, this drone was the same one that followed you down into the cavern system with the other two scientists. But when you get up to the helicopter up at the top, the drone seems to be following you with a lot more interest than just like following you to record everything. And it's not hostile. And the drone is not hostile in the first interlude. Okay. When you make it up to the top and the second drone, it actually starts following you very intently, and the beam, uh, the light that's shown, switches to red a short while afterwards. 
And instead of your cre- um, you being a normal human, you kind of just explode into a mass of tentacles and teeth. Oh, Surprise, Jesus. you were oh, the monster. I was going to say, so it's the thing. <laughs> yeah. And they, they were very clever about this because that actually hints to the last ability that you gain in the game, which is you becoming human. Oh, mimicking oh that's human. neat. Ah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I should say, is not probably a huge spoiler because if you're looking at the page for this game on steam they actually show that so <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah there's also a, a false ability in well there there's an ability that throws you off that assumption in the game because about uh halfway between the second interlude and the end of the game you get the ability to possess people which makes for mm. some very interesting puzzles oh maybe that's what i was seeing yeah and when you possess somebody, they'll just be like this tentacle that follows the human along the wall. And if it's not a super hard, hardened, uh, like synth, I guess, a synthetic human, when you depossess them, you'll actually kind of burst out of the human's body into the, into the new location, which is a very clever way to make sure that people kind of don't get frustrated with running away. Or like having to right. retrace the steps that they already did as the human. Right. But gotcha. the synths you can't explode into. Hmm. So they're like a harder enemy than the, just the humans, but not as hard as like the mechanoids or the mech, like the mechs that you experience later in the game. So that's kind of like the tier. You get the unarmored human, you get the armed unarmored human, then you get like the synthetics with machine guns and flamethrowers then you get flying probes and like really slow think uh mechs from the matrix series kind of things mm-hmm. where it's like a cage but not a full enclosure um huh. and then you get the little tiny camera mechs or the camera drones which will follow you relentlessly and use their blades to whittle your health down to almost nothing in an instant <laughs> which is kind of an interesting little mechanic with it. But yeah, cause, so that's kind of like the arc of the enemies in the game. But yeah, the interesting thing about the very end of the game is when you finally make it out of the research station, you are once again that same scientist that went into the cave system to find the either your monster or your monster's parents. It's not really super clear on which is which. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, when you make your way out, you actually, it kind of pans out and it looks like it's like a wrecked version of Seattle because Hmm. of the spike or the, what do you call that? The big tall thing. Yeah, the tower. Uh, The needle? (laughs) Yeah, the space needle. Space needle. Thank you. I was like, I got part of it. I'm very yeah. helpful. The big tall thing. The big tall thing. You know, the thing. But yeah, we it workshopped zooms it. Out we got it that. in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of hints that this was all based out of Seattle. But cool. It, it not super explicit. And it's kind of interesting because like before it does the zoom out, you look around and every like all the buildings around you are condemned with a biohazard sign on it. Hmm. Almost as if they were the humans were like putting extra precautions in place for you like if you escaped but um yeah that didn't really pan out (laughs) because yeah they they 
they didn't expect you to collect all your pieces again and more to the point like survive their hardened facilities so Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of like the overview of the game i thought it was a really fascinating game with very interesting puzzles because a lot of the game is ambushing humans but that wouldn't be quite enough to make the uh, metroidvania like this really shine so they put in puzzles that use the abilities and it kind of put it all into a really nice little package so it it genuinely sounds incredibly fascinating and while we've been talking i i as you might be able to tell based on the fact that I was talking about the Steam page, I uh, I looked it up on Steam, and as soon as I arrived there, uh, they had it in my queue. So apparently Steam thinks that I would enjoy this game. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it is now in my wish list, because that sounds absolutely fantastic. I may join you in playing that. And it's, it's a short game. Like, I bought it on GOG when it was initially released, because... I did catch it in the later version or in the later development cycle because the developer Phobia Game Studio, one of, the, I think the de- uh, developer in it, I think de- Phobia Game Studio is a one person thing. And mm. they just took the, yeah, I think they had an extra artist and musician added mm. to polish the game. But anyway, yeah, he kind of went through the process of developing the game in the game dev subreddit. And I kind of caught wind of it there, which is very fascinating to see like the super raw version of it, like just last year, honestly. Yeah. And -hmm. what it is now. So it kind of hit my radar relatively early, which is surprising. I've got to say too, it it's won a lot of awards just looking at it. Um, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight or nine, if I'm counting this right. It was at least nominated for an award or or won the award. So it, it's certainly a, a a well-received game. I think it's got a 76 on Metacritic. So yeah, which to be honest, a lot of the a lot of the things, a lot of the complaints on Metacritic are it doesn't have a map. But I actually <laughs> think that's one of the strongest points in this game. A lot of that stuff is is not about convenience. It's about like adding flavor and make and I don't know if it's done correctly, something like that can make a game more interesting. So, and it sounds to me like from what you're saying, they did it correctly. Yeah, like they probably could have put it in like a map room or something to kind of give you an idea of at least where the humans would be expecting their people to go. Sure, mm-hmm. but. I don't necessarily think that was necessary in this game. Like hmm. part of the fun of a Metroidvania is getting lost. And to be sure in the five hours that it took me to beat this game, I did get lost. There's no doubt about that, but it's not the point of getting lost in like an old adventure game where it's like, Oh, I don't even know where the hell I am now. It's, Oh yeah, I've been here to before how do i get back to where i want to be sure sort of lost and i think that's a subtle difference that i feel i feel like a lot of people that complain about the map missing miss in this particular game yeah i don't know what do you guys think about getting lost in games (laughs) i get lost often enough that i hate it with every fiber of my being but 
that's <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I get lost in games so easily. Um, I guess in in games I don't have that great sense of direction. I have the sense of direction of a moth. So, but yeah, <laughs> right. It's a oh, shiny thing. Flutter, flutter, flutter. Smack, hey, smack. This smack. window looks new. Smack, smack, smack. <laughs> yeah. So it can be. I think it can be really frustrating in games to get lost. But I do think that in some cases it can be. A, like I, I think, the getting lost part can still be frustrating. But I think that maybe there's something to be said for like not having a map. Yeah. Or my one of like maybe my favorite video game of all time morrowind um has a map but uh you have to do everything by following people's directions and the the npc directions aren't always very clear so you could be wandering around in the countryside for days before you realize that you went entirely the wrong direction or you got turned around somewhere and you got to start back in Balmora and, and try and figure out where the hell you're supposed to go, um, which is part of that game's charm, in my opinion. So, um, sure. I, I, you know, uh, having not played Carrion, uh, I, I definitely think it's a great choice to not have the map because, you know, the monster's not going to know how to read that. Like, that's just not a thing the monster's going to do. But... Yeah, I, I and I think with being it such a short game and it seems to be in a fairly limited area, I, you know, for example, it, it just seems to take place in this one facility. I, I don't think getting lost would be, for me, that frustrating of a thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, in other games where it's, like, many more areas or it takes a long time to get places or you're in a fucking series of corridors and they all look the same... You know, that would be frustrating. But I think in this case, it doesn't seem like it's a recipe to really be frustrating. It would be part of its charm. It would be part of it, the interest. Um, Sort of testing your memory on where you've been and how to get places. I think it's a testament that you can play the entire game, including getting lost, in five hours. In five hours. That sounds lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, a five-hour experience, even if you got lost? All right. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that proves... I mean, if you're getting lost, and I've I've done this, like, in Minecraft, we brought that up earlier, I've gotten lost in a cave system in Minecraft, and then it's part of the charm of the game in the regard that there's a certain amount of terror involved, because usually you have a ton of good stuff at that point, and you're terrified you're going to lose all your good stuff, and you're lost, so you don't know if you die how to get back to your body, and that... <laughs> That can be, that's a actually probably the primary driver of terror in Minecraft. Um, if you had a easy way of re- you know like finding your way back, uh, like a really simple and, and easy way to do that, all the terror would probably go away. So I think that not having a map in many ways can create tension that would otherwise not exist. And I'm not. I obviously haven't played the game, so I don't know if that's a component of it. But I could certainly see that. Like that definitely is part of it. Like when I was playing it, there was a tension. Like, oh, am I going to find that next save point before? Yeah, it's that tension of having like, oh, I have all this progress before I get to the next point. But am I going to run across, like, the next mech that's just going to destroy me and turn me into a bunch of worm food? Yeah, are you going to get massacred? Yeah, yeah, we've all been before there. Before you get there. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's definitely one of the tensions of the game. 
that being said like dying in this game isn't super punishing like it it's very well paced like at most you'll have two or three minutes of things that you have to redo and the ai for the humans isn't so bad that or isn't so good that it's you're gonna run into like an impossible situation i mean they're they're humans they can eat very easily and that's kind of the point of the game so like if you get killed by like a a flamethrower there's almost always water nearby for instance Mm. so like if you get caught on fire you'd be like oh run away into the water you'll be fine and yeah so you're not going to run into the cycle of the game just allowing you to repeatedly get screwed yeah not not getting into that stupid cycle of oh i have to do it the way the developer wanted me to it, mm. it's a lot like more that. open than that yeah and it's a very good game i give it a i give it a solid recommend it was recommended to me so uh yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> take that for whatever that's worth <laughs> yeah and it's a very solid game i i just really wanted to talk about it because it is so good like i i recommend playing it like just the the way everything moves it's so well polished and they got the ambiance of like alien and aliens very they got it right let's put it that way that was, that that was awesome. really what i was looking for heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is it is very good i highly recommend it well you've sold me yeah, I think I'm going to pick it. I mean, I had thought about picking it up myself, but I think I definitely will now. Yeah, I I just wanted to just get up my first impressions of the game after playing it through it. I guess that's not really first impressions, is it? But uh, No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give my impressions of it and that's talk fair. with you guys about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your impressions on it. I mean, I think that's that's really helpful, especially, you know, looking at something, oh, this looks interesting, and then hearing you know it being recommended by someone uh, and and why it's good um i mean to them you yeah know, your, your mileage may always vary but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just out of disclo- disclosure i wasn't i didn't get a free copy or anything like that it was just me picking up the game because i saw it a, and it looked cool yeah I, cool. i've been kind of following it for a little bit in the development cycle or while it was getting developed, rather. Um, mm. And I just wanted to see what the developer came up with, because it is a very interesting and novel take on the Metroidvania, which just usually isn't something I really care for. I feel like that's a, a genre that needs to be mixed up, and I think this is this is one direction that it should be taken. I mean, I, I can say that I personally... Side-scroller games hold almost zero value to me. It's just not something that I typically enjoy. And watching a couple snippets of the gameplay of this game, it looks really cool. Um, It's very different from what I'm used to with a side-scroller. And to be fair, as we've already reviewed on this podcast, there are side-scrollers that I love. It seems to me that, like, if you're going to do a side-scroller, you got to mix it up for for it to capture my attention. And, uh, yeah, I think this one has. So It is definitely a good game. And I, if you are interested in it further... Do pick it up. Do support the developer. I think they're doing something great here, and I'm interested to see what they do in the future. Well, heck How yeah. much can folks pick it up for on Steam and GOG? On Steam, uh, it's currently, I think, $20. Oh, 
20 bucks. I, I thought yeah. I saw it on GOG for 20. I just, I don't have my thing open. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I completely forgot what it was uh, posted for. I was yeah. like, Ooh, just buy. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, was... a $20, five hour, really fun, great experience. I think that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's about all I have for it. Um, do you guys have any other impressions? Considering I haven't no, played it? No, it sounds cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Uh, this has been The Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.